0: Welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Northumberland County and the Canadian Mental Health Association announced a groundbreaking partnership to provide supportive housing in Campbellford. This is a huge step forward in helping people who face challenges with mental health and addictions. These are people who often find themselves on the street and homeless. As you will learn in this interview, supportive housing provides an environment that helps people who would otherwise struggle when seeking a stable home. The tenants will live in a five-bedroom house with a worker present to assist them in their journey to recovery. While there are several supportive housing projects in Northumberland, This is the first outside of Coburg and Port Hope. It is also the first time the county's housing corporation has partnered with the Mental Health Association. It is a piece in the puzzle when it comes to dealing with homelessness, mental health, and addictions. It is my pleasure today to have with me Rebecca Carmen, Manager of Housing Services for Northumberland County, (laughs) and Jennifer Bain, manager of supportive housing for the Canadian Mental Health Association, Halliburton, Kawartha, Pine Ridge. Welcome to you both to Consider This Northumberland.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Housing is a huge concern right now. Northumberland County and the Canadian Mental Health Association have announced a partnership to provide more affordable housing. But it is not your typical project. It deals with something called supportive housing. For listeners who might not know, what is supportive housing? I'll give you both a chance to answer that. Rebecca, I'll start with you.
1: Sure. So, I mean, I think from a supportive housing standpoint, uh, Jen's definitely the, the expert. But when we look at what we mean by supportive housing, we're referring to a combination of affordable housing and support services that are designed to help people thrive, achieve independence and keep their housing secure.
0: Jennifer, how would you describe it?
2: Yeah, so I think it is a, a broad range of services that includes like acti- activities of daily living, recreational supports, uh, helping folks connect with their community, um, and really ensuring that people can sustain permanent housing, uh, which can be a difficult challenge depending on uh, your housing experience or your community or stigma attached. So really we try to focus on, you know, those people being connected to supports that are longstanding.
0: But it's very different from other types of housing uh, that we might have where it's, it's really about income and cost. Versus, I think, the people that you're trying to help. Jennifer, could you help us better understand the kinds of people who qualify for this kind of supportive housing? Because it's not just uh, the regular housing stock being given to uh, people in need.
2: Right. So, so clearly we are a mental health agency. And so we focus on supporting folks who have different uh, challenges in their particular journey of recovery. Um, and so we try to give opportunities for folks in the best circumstances that we can, um, which is a supportive housing model, um, which also does include a financial support too. So we do provide a subsidy for folks so that they can afford housing um and then of course focusing on individual treatment plans that help people be the most successful
0: in my research the the terms i kept coming up with are mental health and addiction these are people with mental health issues or addiction issues or a combination thereof that that we're we're providing the services that you just described am i correct in that
2: So, I would say that uh, it is a various um, population of folks, not necessarily uh, challenged with both. Um, We are also looking at uh, folks with a a moderate acuity, so some, uh, you know, kind of in the medium function of their recovery so that uh, they are a good mix to live together. Because this is a congregate setting and we have a very thorough process for how we select people so that it is safe and respectful and so that they can live together.
0: Can you help us better understand a bit about that standard or common assessment of needs? What are some of the things that you look for when you're trying to assess an individual if they're suitable for uh, living in a supportive housing situation?
2: Yeah, so we do look at uh, folks who have common goals. So they, you know, want to learn different skills in different areas. Uh, we have a very strenuous selection process to ensure that folks are selected well, because we want to, you know, ensure that they're going to be good neighbors, that they are going to be good to each other, that they're going to respect the the premises that they're living on. And so we try, uh, we have a very formal platform of how we select folks so that with that includes an interviews, which is more of actually a conversation similar to today we we really like to actually just get to know folks rather than, you know, putting them on the spot because obviously you know, there is a, a lot of need for supportive housing and folks, you know, want to be able to have this opportunity. So, uh, you know, we've been doing supportive housing at CMHA for about 20 years, and we have certainly learned lessons on what works and what doesn't work. And we feel that we are at a point now that are expanding our services to this area, which is sort of rule for us, is this is the time that we can do that because we have kind of figured it out.
0: Rebecca, is this the, the first time we've had a supportive housing unit in uh, Northumberland County, or are there ones that exist already?
1: Yeah, so there are supportive housing units that exist in Northumberland. Um most supportive housing services report directly to the provincial government so the county we don't track supportive housing units or the services that are offered so i'm sure uh, jen could speak to some of the other services that are in place right now in northumberland this is the first nchc or northumberland county housing corporation owned building that will be dedicated to supportive housing
0: now is there any difference between this type of housing that you're providing and other forms of housing that you provide um, is there something that is distinct between them, or is it just another housing unit for the county
1: um so there are some distinct pieces of it for sure I mean one of them I think that uh, Jen alluded to was that it is a shared living scenario, so it is a five bedroom uh, house, mm-hmm. So there will be a shared kitchen, shared washrooms. It's not um, a, a detached unit. The other way this works is that the Northumberland County Housing Corporation works with uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association, Quartha Pine Ridge, and we actually enter into a lease agreement with us and the agency. So we don't have tenant agreements with each of the people in the in the in the home. Um, and so, it's not and from our perspective, it's not a, a direct rank year to income calculation, and it doesn't house off of our wait list. We're prioritizing folks for this house that meet the mandate of the service provided, um, and that are within our our by name list on the homelessness side of of the spectrum.
0: So, this agreement between the county and the and the mental health people is unique, and that's what makes this rather different than other supportive housing that exists in Northumberland County. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: It's definitely the first time that the county and NCHC have worked with CMHA in this way, but I'm not sure that it's, uh, maybe Jen, can you speak to some of the others? I know that this is not a a first time model. It's definitely a tried and true model for for other types of supports uh, in the the region. I do believe that it exists
0: elsewhere. Jennifer, would you help us out with that?
2: Sure. So we actually have about, I would say, in between 24 to 30 supportive housing units in the Port hope area. We don't actually, this is our first in Camelford, but like I said, it it is a more rural area and we want to ensure that we can provide the appropriate support for the program to be successful. Um, This is certainly a unique situation for us to be you know, as we know, there is a housing crisis and for the county to come to us and say, hey, would you like to do this? Of course, we are excited about receiving stock. And they're also excited about being able to receive support um which actually did not this is just a very creative way for us to make use of what we have like we were not provided with extra operational dollars for this project we are just pulling from our current resources because obviously we want to address the concerns of the community and provide more housing in any way that we can and so that is why we took this approach at this point
0: both well, of you have alluded to the financial arrangements. So maybe this is a good time to talk a bit about that. <laughs> so how does that how does that all work?
1: So from a from a beginning perspective, we have used the social services relief fund. Uh, allocation that was from the provincial government so we are very grateful that we've had this opportunity to create this this program these are the things we can do and when we have lots of partners at the table so we will continue to speak with the province and other partners to expand this type of model but what we've done is we have allocated it's just over a million dollars and that would cover the purchase of the property as well as the necessary repairs and renovations this building prior to uh, this project was a a former bed and breakfast. So now that we have some supportive housing services in it, there were various health and safety uh, requirements that had to be, improvements that had to be made, overall system improvements. We've also converted a bedroom on the ground floor to be fully uh, wheelchair accessible with an accessible washroom. So we've put some investments into making this uh, space, what we need it to be for that. So we've done that with uh, SSRF funding Moving forward, um, we are still working with CMHA to navigate and negotiate some of those final pieces. But the idea is is that with the with the with the rent costs that um we will be charging, we will be able to build a long-term capital reserve for this building and we'll be able to then be able to continue repairing anything else that needs to be done. So it is our hope that this is it is our plan that this that this building is cost neutral for for the county and the levy levy over the long term
0: what was the upfront investment then into purchase and to renovate
1: it was i believe a million dollar a million eighty four thousand
0: and jennifer if i if i heard you correctly you were saying that this is coming out of existing budget and existing resources that you're going to move and then uh, have this go forward is that correct did i understand that correctly
2: yeah, so we will be uh, charging the uh, tenants, obviously, either a shelter portion or 30 percent, depending on employment status, et cetera. Uh, but our the agreement is between ourselves and the county. So we, we will just pay them directly and we will take care of the sort of tenant portion of things. Um, so, yeah, so it, it would be considered very affordable, but if it's only the shelter portion or the 30% and then we, you know, we will share any kind of, you know, maintenance issues or any kind of issues that do come up in regards to the building, we you know would accommodate based on location, based on availability uh, you know we're, this is not the first time we have done an agreement like this, uh, so we are familiar of what our responsibilities and obligations are, as well as uh, what our partners can provide to
0: i've often seen when reading up about supportive housing it being associated with helping people. Who um, are homeless or on the verge of ho- becoming homeless? Can you explain the role that supportive housing plays in helping to uh, address the homeless crisis and the the uh, uh, the precarious nature for uh, people? How does it fit into the whole spectrum of housing and and addi- uh, addressing our our homelessness issue? That's what I'm trying to get to.
2: So, so I think we. In, in general are committed to each municipality's uh, housing and homelessness plan. And we recognize that that includes supporting, you know, folks that are on the by name list, folks that are most vulnerable. Uh, we are discussing an appropriate process for that in terms of how we will do that. But that is our always our goal is, and the difference between supportive housing and any other types of models is that this is permanent. And I think that is different than looking at transitional models, looking at housing first models. Our goal is to securely house these folks for good so that they do not re-enter the system, they put less pressure on the shelters, um, and so they also don't meet like a chronic homelessness status within the system. So, so that is always our goal in terms of providing to the community.
0: Rebecca, where does this fit into the housing strategy for the county?
1: Sure, so I mean, the we have a few different strategies within the affordable housing strategy. Um, when we looked at what we needed overall from a systems perspective, we knew we needed housing really at all levels, but the key focus was for the low income uh, earners, so in the first and second income decile, which we knew for us to achieve that would require things like rent supplement, would require things like the NCHC to build more rent to income units. We knew that at that level of affordability, those are things that the private sector is not equipped to, to take on. Well, we also have within the affordable housing strategy and in our 10-year housing and homelessness plan, the the recommendation to look more at support services and what types of supports are needed for various households in order to stay housed Uh, within northumberland county we do have a housing retention framework so that is our goal is to keep people housed Uh, the nchc operates from an eviction prevention protocol where we do everything we can to to avoid those evictions Um, so those are some of the things that when we look at our strategies this is where it fits in. We also know that for for many of the folks within Northumberland County who are on the by-name list, um, there is a need for more than just affordable rent. There is need for this type of supports or other types of supports um, with agencies like CMHA.
0: Do we have any idea, Rebecca, of the number of people that can benefit by by this Uh, have you has there been anything done to say identify out of the total population of people who need housing x number fall into this category that will benefit by what's taking place in campbellford
1: so the house in northumberland or in uh, campbellford excuse me does have five bedrooms so i mean the 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 simple answer is that five folks will benefit from this. When you consider our by name list, that's actually a pretty good, um, a pretty good proportion. And what we also know is that. These are opportunities to support folks diverting from the shelter system, ensuring that they have a safe place to land, um, and providing them those wraparound supports so that they can become they can reach housing stability. And whether or not that means they stay at 152 Coburn for for permanently, or we help them transition into something different at some point in their journey, that that's how we will manage those different pieces.
0: So you said five compared to a pretty good number. What's a pretty good number? Can you tell me how many people?
1: I'd have to go back and grab some data, Rob. Um, I manage the housing side pretty strictly here, so I'd have to go back to my colleagues to get, to get the user numbers specifically on the homelessness um, piece of it.
0: Jennifer, do you have any sense of, you know, five, five units, this is amazing, but how many people, how big a need is there in the county for this kind of service?
2: Yeah, I think the reality is that if I look at an overall systematic, you
0: know,
2: overview, the reality is is that we need more stock and the housing price will continue as long as that is a need. So I don't think it is necessarily a matter of how many folks, but it's like how many opportunities can we provide to people by building purpose built buildings by, by you know, looking at assessing what people's needs are and then putting them in appropriate housing versus just putting them in any kind of unit. So, in my opinion, it is minimally five people and folks will be able to move on if they feel that independence is, is a goal of theirs and that is part of it. And again, this this is a longstanding relationship that we are that we are entering into. And I think it is because we all have very, very common goals and the same values around housing folks. And that will make for a successful program because we also have an eviction prevention approach. We also care about people being permanently housed. We care about the systems, the community. And so I think that is why it will be very successful is because we will walk through that continuum of housing with these folks together.
0: It's interesting because in 2017 the Addictions Mental Health Ontario released a report and at that time they said that there was a need for a minimum of 30,000 additional supportive housing units to meet the required needs over the next decade. And we're already halfway through that timeline. That's why I was so interested in trying to assess just how how many people need this and how many units and, and how many units could we need uh, going forward. So um, do either of you have anything that you could help to sort of put those, that number into context? I, I mean, is is there the... The, the alarm bells that were being raised back in twenty seventeen still now, or are we starting to get a, a foothold or a toehold, at least on this issue, to be able to provide the need for for the people who could most benefit by this kind of program?
2: I can speak to it from our end. I'm sure that number's not wrong. I I, I think there is probably always going to be a need. I do think the impact of COVID really highlighted the homelessness crisis along with the opiate crisis and i think that is why it is being so focused on and i think we haven't received a lot of funding historically until the past year or two uh there was some covid relief funding for supportive housing there was other you know some sort of acknowledgements from our ministries and from the province that this is a huge issue. So do I think it's always been there? Yes, I do. Do I think it's something that we are noticing and now trying to work together to, um, you know, come to resolution? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to be done in the next five years? I think that's ambitious, but I think we all care about trying to approach it from the same
0: way. Rebecca, do you have anything you'd like to add?
2: I would a
1: I would agree that likely those numbers, you know, it, it, I don't think we've turned a turned a corner necessarily. I think what we are seeing is we are seeing unique, uh, creative solutions, you know, one at a time, one property at a time, to try to to make a difference for people in people's lives. Um, I think it's important that in in projects like this and partnerships like this that we stop and and celebrate a little bit the success because for these households this will be life-changing and it's because we have been able to bring agencies together you know, uniquely create something that works, that meets a need in our community. We've been creative in finding ways to leverage funding to be able to do these types of things. And these are things that the county will continue to do, um, you know, one at a time. We, We have an ambitious target an aspirational target, we sometimes call it, of 900 new affordable housing units by 2029. We know that right now we have about 84 in the pipeline and lots more in even pre-development stages, but housing takes a lot of time to build and it's incredibly expensive. And so we are continuing to work as responsible stewards of taxpayer dollars to do what we can to meet those needs. The other thing I would suggest as well is that when we think about supportive housing, in some models, it is, 100% supportive housing. In other ways, there are supports being provided to people who are living all across our community that we maybe don't see or we don't know. So there are people receiving supports to be able to maintain their housing, but they're they're living down your road they're living down your street they're living in the apartment building down the way and we don't even see those supports so i think that just because we're not seeing those dedicated pieces which you know of course we need and we need more of those we're also seeing that people are getting supports in different settings in order for them to live independently and keep their housing uh, secure and sta- and stable long term
0: Jennifer, can this program provide supports beyond the housing and providing ongoing programs that allow people not to necessarily live in this particular residence, but to live on their own, but still receive the benefit from your service?
2: Uh, oh yeah we have a retention model as well so as long as someone is connected to supportive housing with cmha they will always have a support person attached to them um like i had said earlier we know that recovery is its own journey and sometimes there are periods where you require a bit more support than other times so we always do have a worker attached uh and then we also have opportunities for you know employment supports we have opportunities for uh, recreation support. So it's not, you know, it's kind of like not a one shoe fits all. It's like everyone gets what everyone needs because that is equitable service. And uh, but the subsidy would follow them as well as the supports would follow them. So we have no intention of ever discharging anyone to homelessness. We would continue with their housing journey.
0: Going forward then, we now have this building, it's ready to go who would like to tell me what happens next when when do people start moving in how do uh, where do we go from here
2: so so maybe i could probably speak to that cuz that's more the program side so we um you know the county has provided us with this beautiful property so now we have a few finishing touches around uh it support and uh we really want to ensure that the home is set up to look like a home so we want to provide you know some extra furniture and some personal touches. And so we are in that stage, we do anticipate that there will be someone um, residing there mid July uh, is what our hopes are. Um, We did do like a very lovely community walk around the neighborhood uh and spoke to all the neighbors and that was very well received so we're hoping that is also uh now that we have completed sort of that part of our process we're ready to do the programming and we're ready to do the work
0: (laughs) going forward how do you see this supportive housing model helping to address long-term the ongoing uh, crisis that we have around homelessness and finding spaces and, and, and moving people out of that uh, 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 homeless state into the type of housing like this, where, where, how do we make that path? Can you describe that path and how going forward, how that might work?
1: Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different things that we're looking at. So we are constantly looking at expanding and adapting our programs where we have the latitude to do so. So for example, um, most of the housing that is currently in stock is falls under the Housing Services Act. So it's legislated by the provincial government in how we house, how we select people. So that housing stock is um, not, not really suitable for this type of purposeful partnership. Um, so as the NCHC grows, we will be looking at operating more from a viability perspective for each build. So we will be incorporating market rent units, affordable rent units, and rent gear to income units. So as we bring online more market rent, more affordable rent, it will open up the opportunity for us to seek these types of partnerships within these units um, to to provide stock. One thing we hear is that it is very challenging for some of the programs when they come through without a physical space. And I think Jenna talked a little bit about that, that it's unaffordable for both the service provider and the tenant. And it's also challenging sometimes for a private landlord to be able to navigate that relationship and what that might look like. So it is our goal as the NCHC that we can come to the table in providing reasonably priced rental units to use for this programming. And we can be a a landlord with a compassionate, social-minded eviction prevention protocol set in place that will, will match nicely with these types of programming. We're also looking at some of our housing support programs. So those are our rental subsidies. So households can apply to us for monthly rental subsidies for various pieces. And we are beginning to work with our homelessness counterparts um, in our department to navigate where and how we can prioritize folks experiencing homelessness, folks on the by name list to access a little bit of extra funds to be able to bridge the gap between what they can afford and what the market is so we are beginning to also work at a little bit on the on both sides both the stock side and the affordability side because we need both of those pieces together in order in order for all of those things to work so those are some of the things on the horizon um, we have lots of things that we're working on that we can't really; they're too early for us to discuss. But you know, an example I would point you to is the recent purchase of 123 King Street in Colburn. Uh, the NCHC purchased that property at the beginning of this year. We had 22 units that were likely the most affordable units in the county that were privately operated. And so we purchased that building uh, to be able to support those tenants in keeping their affordable housing so that we didn't have those folks potentially entering into homelessness. So we've we've purchased that property. They are now our tenants and we're working with them to keep their housing um, and all is going well. We're we're making those improvements to the building and we're looking at and how those things uh, fit into the picture. So those are some of the creative things that at the county level we're doing to try to address um not losing affordable housing stock, building more affordable housing stock and creating opportunities to support the most vulnerable in our communities.
0: Jennifer, what is the most exciting aspect of this partnership for you?
2: Well, I think just that we've never had a partnership with Northumberland County before. And I think this is always an area that we have tried to extend our services at CMHA. And I think we have struggled to find our place or our niche. And I think this is a really great opportunity to have a physical presence in the community. Um, so, and I'm just excited about doing this project, uh, seeing the outcomes and honestly, just having people housed permanently in, in the county and and being able to provide
0: a unique opportunity. Rebecca, what's got you pumped? <laughs>
2: um,
1: I, You know, I think To what to what Jen said, I think that we're seeing a a physical result right here. There are five people that within the next month will be having their housing stabilized, moving from homelessness, will receive the supports they need um, and will be good neighbors for the community and will be able to keep moving them on that. On that journey we're happy to be a partner to it um, it's great that from a housing perspective i think we've also kind of found our niche as to how we can support the homelessness end of the spectrum the housing spectrum and those support services so again it's been a great partnership in the sense that i think we're all leaning on our strengths um, trying to break some silos where, while also not uh, duplicating services so it's been really great in the way that the pieces have come together on this one
0: Rebecca Carmen, Jennifer Bain, thank you so much for this conversation.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to meet you, Rob.
0: That was Rebecca Carmen, Manager of Housing Services for Northumberland County, and Jennifer Bain, Manager of Supportive Housing for the Canadian Mental Health Association, Halliburton, Kawartha, Pine Ridge. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today.